Welcome to the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast. My name is Beth Shank, nurse scientist and healthcare sustainability leader in Missoula, Montana. On the podcast, I interview nurses working at the intersection of health and environment. Today's podcast is near and dear to my heart. I'm speaking with several wonderful nurses and staff I work with who serve on a shared governance council focusing on environmental stewardship at Providence St. Patrick Hospital in Missoula. I wanted to explore with them why they want to be involved with environmental stewardship, why they consider it an aspect of nursing practice, what motivates them, and what they are proud of. I learned a lot in our conversation. Please enjoy listening to these committed and compassionate nurses and staff. My name is Sarah Johnson and I'm a nurse at Providence St. Patrick's Hospital in Missoula, Montana. Uh, I helped um, co-create this council with Beth Shank here at Providence about a year ago. Our year anniversary was in September. Um, and this council is under our magnet structure. It is part of our shared governance council and we are the Green for Good Shared Governance Council and we focus on specifically tackling issues related to sustainability um, in the scope of the nursing practice, so with nurses and CNAs. Great. So what have you enjoyed working on in this council? I've really enjoyed just seeing seeing us actually make change and achieve, achieve solutions, I guess, to problems that we've identified. Any particular sustainability? Problem? Well, I'm happy to see that Spoons has finally come through, switching to metal spoons from plastic spoons. So say a little bit more about that project. Uh, so in the hospital, we have a cafeteria, I guess I would call it, um, and food service that has reusable dishware. Um, and our patients on the floors get their food delivered with reusable dishware and metal silverware. However, the floors are stocked with only plastic silverware, I guess plastic cutlery, cutlery um, for the nurses to give to the patients if they're eating something or needing cutlery that's not associated with their regular meals. Um, and as we already had silverware in the hospital, I just it thought it seemed wasteful and didn't understand why we couldn't have just the metal silverware. Didn't realize it was gonna become a, what, three-year process? Three-year process. Of switching? Yeah. But it sounds like we're now on the threshold of moving back to reusable silverware throughout our hospital, and it looks like it may save. Up to um, 70,000 plastic spoons from going to landfill every year. Exactly, up to 70,000 spoons from going to landfill every year, which is exciting. It's and exciting. Yeah. And I never thought, coming into this, one of my big frustrations was of moving to nursing was that I was moving into to an industry that creates a lot of waste. And I formerly worked as a park ranger protecting our lands and environment and wildlife. Uh, so that was a, a hard shift for me. And I wasn't, as a new nurse, I didn't realize that we could have a voice that could make a difference. and. I'm glad I found Green for Good because I have learned that even even a small voice can make a small difference, which is a drop in the pond, but it helps. Even if it takes a long time. Yeah. 
Then when yeah. I remember you guys saying once, maybe after clean med, that um, what is the the phrase? You move an inch, inch by inch, you eventually move miles. Yeah. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. What are some other projects you all have enjoyed working on? I guess I, in a more general sense, I've enjoyed working on this committee because I can find out more details about what goes on in other areas of the hospital and we can um, commiserate on things that we might have been misinformed about each other and um, also because um, we have a leader that's inspiring. Um, I'll say that one of the things I enjoy the most about this council is, um, as a nurse manager, I sit on a lot of councils and go to a lot of meetings. I feel like this council is very good at thinking outside of the box and not just describing to the, well, that's the way that we've always done it. I think this council is very good at challenging what the status quo is and what the norm is and asking questions um, and, you know, really just being persistent about, like, but why can't we change it? But why can't we do it better? Um, and I really appreciate that because you know sometimes it, it literally is just figuring out that one person in this building who you need to talk to to get something moved forward, um, and you can feel like you're banging your head on the same wall you know for three years, and then <laughs> all of a sudden it breaks for you and it's you know a, a small win, um, and I really appreciate that, and I really appreciate that we um, you know took the nurses climate challenge seriously, and I think did a fantastic job of educating as many nurses as we could. Um, and I feel like a lot of really good conversations came out of, you know, between the team meetings and the nursing skills fairs. Um, just, to, just to bring it to top of mind, because I think there are so many people in this building who aren't sitting at this table right now who are concerned and passionate um, and very willing to make those small changes and to do the work to overall make a difference inch by inch. Um, you've touched on this a little bit, but I would like to probe a little bit more. Why, what motivates you to do this? Why, why did you guys want to join this group? And I know some of you have been working on this for a long time, but what, what motivates you and what keeps your energy up to do this work? Because you've just said there's some banging heads on walls. <laughs> um, I can say that it's partly just my background because my dad was from Butte and lived right next door to a toxic waste dump and it was um, he, uh, political activism to protect our rivers etc in my life as I was growing up so and now here I've worked at St. Pat's for 33 years and you know we've gone through a lot of changes and grown hugely and I've always been worried about watching people throw drugs down the sink and and now we're kind of making it more formal that we can actually insist that people not do that. Cool. Man, being motivated to do this work, I started off in um, psychology, finished that degree, and as I was finishing it, I always wanted to go on to be a counselor and realized that actually I didn't want to do that. There's this thing called mind-body connection and connecting people to place, and I decided to go into nursing um, as I was going into nursing, I also was um, working as an apprentice on an organic farm. And um, the two paths paralleled one, one another nicely, but they also had a bit of dissonance. And so for me, um, finding ways within nursing to kind of calm the dissonance, calm, as um, Ildi already stated, um, 
we going into a field where there's so much waste um, and there's a lack of connection sometimes between what we're doing in the walls of a hospital, how we're caring for people that we don't necessarily connect that caring for people as also connecting caring for people that live on our planet and how everything is interconnected. Um, Green for Good, this council, the work that we're doing, I stay motivated to do it because it helps round out all the edges um, in my life and kind of brings it all together in a way that makes sense for me and makes me feel good about what I do every single day. Yeah. I'll also say, um, so in my master's program, I was just learning about optimal healing environments, which is um, a term coined by the Somali Institute um, that describes healthcare facilities that care for patients in a holistic way. And there's eight main tenets of being a op optimal healing environment. And one of them is environmental stewardship, um, which is also part of our you know, core values and mission statement here at St. Pat's. And I really appreciate that you know, every hospital has a mission statement and some core values associated with it, I'm sure. Um, but I'm really proud to work in a place that actually walks the walk in addition to talking the talk. And that's very much, I mean, what this council and what this work feels like to me. Um, I think one of the things, I've been on other shared governance committees, and I think the thing that is most motivating about this one is that um, the people within this committee are um, have a really, I know this sounds a little cliche, but a little real can-do attitude. There's definitely, um, um, an optimism and energy and uh, something that I haven't seen in other councils where there's a, a willingness to um, troubleshoot that there is a way. Um, even if we haven't thought of it yet, we're going to keep um, interfacing, keep meeting, keep con connecting and, and figuring out what the catalyst is going to be for change. Um, and I think that in other committees, um, you know, the barriers in this committee are outside of the committee, whereas in other committees I've been in, the barriers are within the committee, you know, because if you do run into the, we've always done it this way, you can't fix this, um, you know, we just need to go through our process and everything's about the process. And here we run into process problems, um, but, but we're like, you know, we're going to find a way around this. Um, so I think that the committee is a great place due to the optimism and the willingness to change. Um, instead of resistance to change. I mean, this committee is all about change. Yeah, and it's also about relationship building. I mean, with overcoming those challenges that we've had um, with other areas, other departments outside of us, we've had to talk to people, we've had to sit down, we've had to ask them, like, what works for you guys? What doesn't work for you guys? Why not? And then in the process, you're also making a new acquaintance in the hospital, someone else you can say hi to, and so it really, it, like, it just builds your community in the hospital while you're also making change. I find that extremely motivating. Like, not only are we can-doers and we work to make change, but we also do it in a way that um, breaks down the walls between different disciplines. Exactly, I think is what that yeah. made me think of as I was listening to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Ellie, describe also your role, if you would. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So um, I am a Montana Energy Corps member. Uh, I work two days a week at Providence St. Pat's on uh, Green for Good and sustainability, general sustainability projects in the hospital. Um, I'm also three days a week with Climate Smart Missoula, um, who's a nonprofit in town that um, connects and drives change in terms of climate action. Um, and 
so I'm somewhat new here. I've only been here since October, um, and I don't come from a clinical background. Uh, I come from a sustainability background, and in college, everyone called me a tree hugger and <laughs> all of my classmates, uh, and out of college, I worked in um, communications specifically um, on behavior change and sustainability. Um, and so it just sort of always felt like this uphill battle that we need to change people's minds, we need to change people's perspectives. Um, and coming here, I sort of thought a hospital is a busy place and people are prioritizing healthcare provision over sort of anything else. And I thought it would be more of an uphill battle even than from just a general society standpoint that I've dealt with before. And it's actually been really inspiring to see um, and motivating how um, uh, how hard you all work and how much of a priority this actually is and how um, I haven't really heard anyone express that uh, that it is sort of an uphill battle in terms of focusing on sustainability and making these changes. It just sort of feels like um, you all in this room and the nurses in this hospital in particular are like warriors sort of <laughs> um, fiercely driving this forward. And so I'm, I've been really inspired by all of that and it sort of um, makes it feel less like I'm fighting against the system and more like I'm working with um, a large group of people who really seem to care and want to push this forward. So that's, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I think I, I agree with everything everybody said and um, uh, I think it's fun. I think it's really fun to work with all of you, of course. One, one thing that this council has really helped me in terms of relieving a particular, you know, angst is that very often in healthcare sustainability work, there seems to be a division between the work that goes on with facilities with energy and water and waste and the clinical part. I've heard again and again, well, that's clinical. We can't do anything about that. And I, I'm a clinician, as, as most of you here are, as a nurse. And I say, healthcare is about the clinical. That's what we're here for. Of course, we have to be able to do this work in our clinical areas. And yet, I don't know the clinical areas these days because I haven't been at the bedside in a long time. So that is particularly thrilling to me that we're really solving some issues that are thorny, complex. It requires nursing input. It requires nursing expertise. And it requires blending this through all of our layers, through our CNOs and directors and managers to the bedside. So that's. That is fabulous for me. Yeah, 273 tasks have been completed as of last month in <laughs> nice. the one year. <laughs> Thorny tasks. <laughs> I, I want to explore just a little bit with you all about why, why do you think this is related to nursing practice? I mean, so what would you say to that? Why is this work important to our practice? Anybody? I think providing a holistic level of care. I mean, we don't just, the person interacts with their environment. We interact with our environment. Our environment influences our health um, and our community's health. And I think being involved and keeping that aspect healthy as well is important as a nurse. You can't, you can't just ignore, you know, where a person can't comes ignore from, where the they heart live. and taking care of the brain or it, it has an integral role in our health, I think. 
So paying attention to the ways that the environment influences health too and not making that worse, is that kind of what you mean? Not adding to the problem of environmental? Well, I think if we were just you know going through our clinical care, our nursing care, and not questioning what, what it does to the environment mm -hmm. outside of what we're doing, yeah, is, is ignoring an important part of our health. And if we just continue to dump plastics and chemicals and all that kind of stuff into the environment, then we're creating a big monster. So I think it's important that we, we have a holistic view in our caregiving and take care of all the parts. Great, thank you. And the other motivators um, are big wins that I saw happen was, for example, getting rid of the nitrous oxide in the operating room that had been leaking for however long. And that's considered one of the number one worst culprits in greenhouse gas contamination. And so I, I didn't get to take credit for all of that, but I think we should tout that because there's probably hospitals all, all across the country that could say, oh, maybe we should look at our nitrous O-rings today. And I, I'm really excited about that. I guess we could also say for our children, for those of you that have children, uh, or your nieces or your nephews, the next generation, um, that's a big motivator for me. I want to help the next generation have a better place to come to at St. Pat's that's less polluting. Yeah, 100%. I have a two-year-old daughter. Oh, I just get almost teary-eyed when I talk about her sometimes <laughs> and thinking about her future. But um, <laughs> for me, it's important to teach her every single day that the work that mommy does, the work that daddy does, that the way that we live our life is, um, it's not, I mean, it, it does contribute to greenhouse gases the way we live, but to do a little better than to do a little better that my daughter now knows the difference between recycling and compost and garbage mm -hmm. and turning off the lights. Um, and she knows that I go to work and I tell her I'm going to my Green for Good meeting today. Um, you know, and she knows that I'm doing that and for me that's important, but it's not just important for her, it's important for the patients that I take care of and their families. Um, that the community that we're building, the community that we're taking care of is going to continue on um, in a way that isn't is harmful. It's, it's important for me to do less harm every single day in every way that I can. Yeah. It's kind of a caretaking approach to life, trying to be more caretaking than than taking. Than taking. Yes. Yeah. Do less so harm. So I think that's how nursing practice relates to environmental stewardship. That's, that's really nice. And it does have a um, ripple effect because I've talked to my little girl who's now 28 years old lots of times about this committee and about my worries of the future and she has a little mini green for good over at Gecko Designs now that she's heading up because she was inspired just hearing that you know a workplace can set the tone and now all of her coworkers she has 10 employees in her office now they're all doing a lot better job of saving the environment and when before she worked there they didn't have those mechanisms in place and it's just a tiny little business but it does have ripple effect to other businesses yeah cool 
Yeah, it's definitely about, um, you know, as nurses, there's different, you know, in nursing school, they teach you about different, you know, you can have, you know, the community as, as your patient, you know, or it depends if you're a public health nurse, then, you know, you're taking care of the whole community. And, you know, in acute care nursing, we tend to focus on individual patients and maybe lose sight of that. But I think we're bringing, um, you know, a more global perspective to nursing that I think is really important, that we're not just caring for the individual, but the individual has to be cared for in the context of their environment and their community. Um, and we also have, you know, an accountability not only to the future generations, but just to each other here. Um, you know, just it's just part of being a good human, part of being responsible, part of being ethical, part of being accountable. And, um, and sometimes I think in our society, that's something that people are losing sight of. You know, the fact that, you know, we owe things not only to ourselves, but to others. Um, and in an individualistic society, sometimes it's hard to get people to connect in that way, but I think we're trying to bring perspective and in addition to the concrete things that we're bringing change about. Nice, really well said. And the, uh, it reminds me of our social policy statement, one of our three foundational documents, which says we always need to have in mind the health of the public. And I think you're right, We've, we tend to forget that in acute care. One, one thing I'd like to dig into again, and thank you for all that, that wisdom, so good to hear, um, is particularly our work on climate change. You mentioned it a bit, Angela, and it's probably a place where nurses don't feel like they can do a lot. And so we've kind of taken that by the horns a little bit, at least with education. Um, so the Nurses Climate Challenge is a nationwide initiative um, to educate not just nurses but healthcare providers um, about the impact the healthcare industry has on the climate. Um, and I mean, as nurses, we're, you know, polls show again and again that we're one of the most trusted professions um, in the United States. And so part of the goal is that by educating the nurses, that that education will then trickle down to the patients. Um, we educate patients about a lot, about their individual diagnoses, um, about preventative care, about, you know, discharge instructions, what they need to do going forward. And I think it's, you know, another, another piece that we can share with patients. Um, you know, again, our mission statement involves taking care of the poor and the vulnerable. And when you think about the way that the climate affects some of our patients, whether it's um, someone who has asthma, an elderly patient um, who has, you know, COPD, um, you know, a small child, again, with asthma, like these are, these can be some of the poor and the vulnerable who we, who we take care of within our walls. Um, and I think educating, educating them about how climate does have a direct, in, can have a direct impact on their personal health with, you know, exacerbations of, of different diseases. Um, it's important. And then also just empowering nurses that yes, you can, you know, inch by inch make these small changes. Um, and then if that can translate to patients, you know, at the same time, and then that's fantastic. Um, so, so what is it that this council took on? Um, yeah, so we have a nurses skills fair every single year um, that really briefs nurses on their clinical tasks. 
Um, and this year we were able to include our council at this nurses skills fair and we had lots of information. Um, one part of it was focusing specifically on educating nurses that came through the skills fair on the nurses climate challenge. And so, for example, on the day that I sat there, um, one or two nurses would come by at a time. I'd say, hey, have you heard the Nurses Climate Challenge? And then I would run through that presentation with them. We had it in a like flip chart for them, not on a computer. But um, nurses were able to follow along and ask questions and be educated on the Nurses Climate Challenge that Angela just described. Um, and we got a lot of positive feedback from people like, oh, I didn't know that, or how does meat really impact the climate? Wait, what do you mean about meat? And I was actually able to pull up and give more information and it opened up the door to other conversations than I know many other people on this council had similar um, experiences where in talking to nurses and educating them about the Nurses Climate Challenge, they were able to pull together um, the way our hospital works and how we impact the environment in ways that they could improve. And then they were questioning like what's happening in our department what can we do about this and really engaging and building a more connected, um, engaged group of nurses around climate change in our hospital and in our community. Perfect. Yeah. And we had a goal. We had a goal. Yeah. We had a goal of uh, reaching 50% of nurses and I think we're much closer to 75% of our nurses at Providence St. Patrick Hospital being educated on the Nurses Climate Challenge, which is, mm -hmm. yeah, huge. It's really exciting. I'm glad that people were so engaged and interested and that we met that goal. And and I think Beth said this at the very beginning when we started, um, people feel better if they can do something instead of just talk about yeah. all the tragic things that are taking place and feeling overwhelmed by it. If you, even if it's just a little thing, every little thing makes you feel a little better. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like the Nurses Climate Challenge was really able to empower nurses to make them feel like they could do something here and not just throw it in the trash. Yeah, not just throw things in the trash, exactly, Um, I'll speak a little bit to that trickle-down effect um, within education, and um, Sarah, when you brought up the talking about meat and its impact on climate change, it made me think of this, that um, some of the people who questioned what I was studying in college and made it an uphill battle were my parents who um, wanted me to study business or engineering or something that was more solid and had more of a foundation and didn't seem so whimsical, I guess, in their eyes. Uh, but I've felt and seen over the years that they ask me a lot more questions. Um, and recently my mom asked me, if she noticed I was eating a lot less meat, and so she was asking, like, why aren't you eating chicken? What even impact could it have? Um, and so it does just sort of people seeing how you live your life a certain way or different changes you're trying to make and they ask questions, it just sort of begins to spark that um, and pass it on and um, I think that trickle down does really have an impact and my dad who I'm pretty sure was a climate change denier for many years um, has come around and we have conversations all the time about um, impact from different industries and different solutions like carbon taxes and what does it mean and uh, I was on the phone with him the other day and I answered a question about um, what the impact of a building is on climate change and how you're not actually um, emitting carbon out of your windows when you lose heat and um, where all of that takes place and within society and within different industries and so 
that's been really interesting. And so I, I do think that um, education and just being a person who talks about this and uh, sort of spreading that information can be really impactful. When this council started over a year ago, it actually started with a kind of a pilot council. Um, I know Ildi and I on our floor were known as like the people that were going to recycle or the green for gooders. Um, and since that, I mean, that label, as um, you just were talking about labels, labels um, that are given to people, they kind of put you in a box. But now I feel like with a year of work with this council, some of those labels are starting to just disappear and people aren't necessarily labeling themselves as a green for good or they're just doing things and that's becoming part of their practice. And I think out of anything that this council has achieved, that is one of the biggest achievements is to have people just integrate actions into their day-to-day -day practice as a nurse to make, make impacts, positive impact. Changing the well, culture. I haven't minded exactly. the label because I've had people come up to me and <laughs> say, I knew you were going to walk in here behind me and tisk, tisk, tisk me. <laughs> so I, you know, have no. now changed from doing this. You know, it, it actually, wearing, having to wear that label made other people think about it for a second. You yeah. know, they were like, true. oh, Ildi's here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it made them stop and think <laughs> about what they were doing. And now, you know, half of the nurses on our floor that maybe haven't had that experience or education um, you know they come from a different cultural group even that hadn't maybe had the luxury of thinking about choice um, in certain things so yeah now she stops and thinks about yeah. rather than yeah. automatically grabbing the plastic cup all the time the, or compostable paper one is the one she goes to just because we did have that kind of label. Yeah, yeah, it has helped people think about what they're doing. Yeah. It's been important. Yeah. It's I think, really cool, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, everybody is talking about, um, it's, it's really kind of amazing because um, what I'm hearing all of you say is that it's about role modeling, um, where, you know, and it's be the change that you want to see in the world. Um, can't remember who said that. I think it was somebody important. <laughs> but but it's um, it's Mahatma it's Gandhi so important maybe? because you know we come from a culture that's all about proselytizing, you know, and we you know go out and we're going to preach our message. But a lot of times people become really resistant to preaching, and and if you are the change that you want to see in the world, you can't help but make a difference. Wonderful. I would say also. I mean, we're, I think we're incredibly lucky here at St. Pat's that we have Beth, who is kind of a big deal in the system. And that she hangs out, like in our basement. And, <laughs> and, you know, we're lucky to have her, you know, spearhead this whole initiative. And I wonder, you know, how hard it must be for ministries who don't have someone like Beth and like Sarah, who are so knowledgeable and so passionate about this. Um, and so I feel like you know we're very lucky to have such such resources, um, and it would be really unfortunate if we if we didn't do anything with that. If we you know, didn't have this council, if we didn't try to make those small changes. And hopefully, hopefully we can, because we do have the support and are able to do things. Hopefully, we can role model for other people that maybe don't, and seeing that we can achieve things. Um, maybe we'll inspire them to not give up despite 
maybe not having the support right out of the gate. Uh, and I would just reflect back that 25 years ago, I had no support. <laughs> and it was, and so lots of people are out there saying, I really want to do something, I don't know how. So I would just include, it is possible. And I usually say, try and identify some like-minded people. Clump together to get started. Try and find some leaders who will help support your efforts. And over time, you can turn that into something that's measurable and substantial. Inch by inch. Inch by inch. Inch by inch. All right. Hey, thanks, you guys. That was great. Well, that was fun. I'm so pleased to have the opportunity to work with this team, and you can see that their strategies, plans, and actions have made impacts among their peers. They have modeled ecological behaviors and have taught many about climate change, waste reduction, avoiding chemicals, and healthy and sustainable food systems. As you know, this podcast focuses on nurses' health and environment, and this particular episode highlights ways nurses, anywhere they practice, can help reduce environmental harm that comes from the ways we live and work. It was a pleasure to speak with the Green for Good Shared Governance Council at St. Patrick Hospital. I am inspired by their commitment and effectiveness, and I thank them for their contributions and for spending time with me on the podcast today. This and other episodes of the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast can be found at envirn.org. If you have a chance, please leave a review for us wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you next time.